ride with me in my foul life. We're back. Foul Thoughts, Safari Club International, the Foul Life Podcast. We love what's going on. The downloads are showing that people are listening and responding. They're activated. They're engaged. And get a lot of messages about the guests we have and the interviews and some of the things that we have going on. So we're going to keep bringing it to you. We want to try to stay consistent in our delivery and our approach. We want to give you the content that you want. And hopefully through this off season after spring snows, as you start getting into fishing season and turkeys and summertime and wakeboards and wake surfing and boats and water skiing and barbecues that you, uh, you check out more and more podcasts and our tv show season 13 of the foul life will be airing starting july 2nd 2021 exclusively on the outdoor channel we got awesome initiatives we're working on stories we're telling great guests and music working with california waterfowl and safari club on so much in the new season so hopefully i'll start to uh, get your dvr set for the outdoor channel and what we got coming your way at benelli's the foul life season 13 again exclusively on the outdoor channel and we're excited. I just been, you know, racking my brain over what's going on um, as we come to an end of a season and what we start looking forward to going into next season and how serious it can be um, and, and the downtime and the preparation and getting ready. When do you start? And I think most of us start now. I mean, I know it takes a couple weeks to get it out of our blood, if that's a such thing. But we start looking forward to that next season. And I've really been thinking about how we usually start our waterfowl seasons. And like so many of us, I mean, I know there's a handful of people that do the blue wing teal. That's mainly down in, you know, Texas, Louisiana. There's many states that have it. Not a lot of people do it, I don't think, but um, I know there's a handful of people that travel to do it, but it's more of a local thing. Some people travel to the Dakotas or some of the different states in the Midwest for for an early goose season in August, starting around August 15th. I don't know how many out-of-staters. Some people from Minnesota might drive over to North Dakota or South Dakota and vice versa. Um, Some people from Montana might make the jaunt over there. But for the most part, I would think that that's a local deal as well. Um, But most of us travel north to Canada and working with SCI and how they represent and fight for rights of hunters and shooters and gatherers and conservationists and providers all over the world, I start thinking about how important Canada is and how sad it is when it's not there. And I'm hearing rumors that the border's not going to open in 2021. So come September 1st, 2021, when that border would be full of American automobiles, mainly pickup trucks, some with, some without Lear camper shells and pulling an enclosed trailer or the airports in Regina and Saskatoon and Edmonton, all over Manitoba and Ontario. These provinces are getting inundated with Americans. Some, some hunters from out of other countries come in there, but Americans are going up there in huge numbers these days, not just for waterfowl. They go up there for bear. They go up there for moose. They go up there for mule deer, white-tailed deer, pike, lake trout, you name it. Americans are visiting Canadian provinces for their outdoor adventures and for their hunting and fishing opportunities. And I start thinking about the outfitters up there. 
and what they must be feeling pressure-wise. I've heard rumors of some outfitters in America that are struggling real bad with people not traveling as much last year in the 20, 2021 season. Now you think about these little Canadian province towns, these rural areas of farmers, businesses, restaurants, small hotels, motels, you name it, whether it's a cafe, all of them have a Chinese restaurant. I love the Chinese restaurants in Canada. They have so many great people that live around them and outside of them and within them. And you get to visit with these people, you get to knock on their doors, drink coffee with them, ask for permission if you're freestyling. And if you're going with an outfitter, you're staying at a great lodge and you're still visiting these little towns and you're eating some of your meals in these little towns. You're behind the windshield. You're putting in scouting hours, looking for those birds with the outfitter. You're having a great time. You're having a cold beer. You're having a, 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 a unbelievable meal at night, getting ready for the next morning's hunt. And these outfitters in these small towns, if you're freestyling, they depend on that. It's part of their tourism. It's part of their revenue. And I just start thinking of how bad it's going to be if this doesn't happen, not just for our sake. Yeah, I get it. We don't get to go up and, and start our seasons the way we want to. We save up for this all year. Some of us go for a week, some 10 days, some two weeks. Some of us go up for longer. I think the, the legal time you can go up is 30 days, but you chase them. We go across the borders. We've been to Ontario, Manitoba, and Alberta, and Saskatchewan, and we chase them. We drive through British Columbia, so we're giving tourism there with fuel and, and hotel rooms, meals and restaurants, cafes. I just start thinking, like, we do feel it. Like, man, it sucks. We don't get to go shoot at those mallards coming into our spread and do a, you know, and do a cattle pond on a farm or into a pea field and those big Canada's or specs or get on a snow grind and hiding in a tilt, you know, a stand up panel blind or ground blinds or digging in. I've done it all up there. I love it. Fred Zink helped introduce it to me. And I just, I've been going up there every year since 2006, 2005, 2004. I'm going to say 2002 was the first year I was in Canada, 2002 or 2003, and we missed one year, which was the COVID year. So if you think about that, I'm just one person. Some of that was freestyling. Some of that was Grant Kuypers and, and the Kuypers family at Buck Paradise Outfitters. Some of that was in Alberta with Clay and, and, and Crystal Charlton. Um, it, some of that was around Alberta with Dave Stanley. But we've supported those towns. We, we buy their food. We buy their fuel. We, we rent their rooms. Um, we have friends up there. We've made family with these people and it sucks for us. It does, but it really sucks for those outfitters and those business owners and those hotel owners and those innkeepers and those farmers, those ducks and geese are eating them out of house and home. They depend on these non-residents, these non-locals. There's some local Canadians that hunt ducks and geese. I bet you there's way more local Canadians that hunt moose and deer than there are ducks and geese. Don't get me wrong. Some of them chase them, but Americans really chase them. We're infatuated with going up. It's the Mecca. It's the Holy Land. It's where ducks and geese congregate. They leave the breeding grounds. It's the first agriculture that they see when they make their journey southbound on their migratory routes. And I just feel for the Canadians and the outfitters. And when I talk to the Canadian outfitters that I we associate with and work with and partner with, you can hear it in their voices not really the worry, but apprehension and anxiety and just nervosa and sadness, really. They're sad. We, we would be two, three weeks ago, we would have met up with a bunch of our Canadian friends in Nashville for National Wild Turkey Federation Convention, NWTF. 
been every year since 2008. Our booth is always jam-packed. We hang out with Waddell and the Bone Collector crew, and you name it, they're there. All of our country music buddies and friends and Leith Lofton and Drake White and John Party, they're all around. It's a big-time Bobby Johnson. And it was canceled, like three, four months out. My Canadian buddies didn't get to come down. And you know what? We're going to Nashville sometime in April or May. And I sent a quick text to Grant Kuypers. I said, hey, we're going to be in Nashville. Y'all need to come down here. I was dead serious. Meet, hey, get it done. And he wrote back and said, I wish we could, but I'm like, well, whatever you're doing, cancel it. I'm thinking he's got something else going on. He's telling me, hey, dipshit, the borders are still closed. I was like, oh my gosh, I didn't even think about it. They're still closed, y'all. It's March of 2021. This is over one full year. It's about one full year right now of COVID and masks and all this stuff, this nonsense. And I don't know if it's going to open back up by September 1st when we would start going up there. There's Americans that go up there all summer, like I said, for those northern pike and those lake trout. My buddy Brandon Schreiber in Saskatchewan has an unbelievable place at Cree Lake. I met him through Grant Kuypers. He used to guide for Grant Kuypers. He started his own outfitting business, and now he's into the fishing, and he kills it. We had a group of 20 going up there last year, canceled. Redid it, renewed it, and, and rebooked it for this year. It's up in the air. We don't even know. Like Nobody's like, oh, yeah, I'm taking time off. I got it cut out. Nobody's willing to do that because we don't have the confidence in the government that it's going to be open back up. So I just fret for our outfitting buddies and our family and friends up in Canada that they are losing revenue. I don't know if a lot of them can go another year. Think about it. That's a lot of groups. That's a lot of income and revenue and profit based on bringing groups in to hunt those ducks and geese. And when you don't have those deposits coming in and those balances being paid after the hunt's over and those cash tips for the guides that they depend on, and most guides in Canada are Canadian residents because by law, you have to give the opportunity to a Canadian resident first and foremost before you can hire an American. Then that American has to get his visa approved or her visa approved and become an actual employee of a province in Canada to accept wages and tips up there. You got to report them for tax reasons and all of that. So they try to hire locals and these locals aren't making their tips, bear hunts, deer hunts, duck hunts, goose hunts, fishing trips. They're not making their, their, just their, the money they're used to making starting in August, September, October, November, December, January. Then they got spring bear season. And there's so many months that hunting and fishing opportunities are allotted in the provinces of Canada that they're losing their butts. And I just feel for them. And that's the thoughts that's going through my head is what can we do? How can we help? I know how we can help. We can support SCI and their auctions and everything that they're doing online and digitally right now, because they're raising money for outfitters to help just to help put a Band-Aid over this for a while. Even if it's not the cure-all, it's helping because I don't want any of them to go out of business. That's the best place on earth in September and October if you're a duck and goose hunter. Biggest whitetails in the world sometimes come out of Saskatchewan, Alberta. Big whitetails in the wild. Big mule deer. Y'all ever seen Cody? Can't even think of his last name right now. He kills huge mule deer on his TV show on the Outdoor Channel. And I'm talking gigantic mule deer. They can't guide for him up there. They can't. No Americans can go up there right now. So it's just a sad deal, in my opinion, that's hurting our culture overall. As a whole, hunting, waterfowl specifically, is being hurt because our Canadian brothers and sisters are suffering some 
because that revenue's not there. I don't know what this what the assistance is like. I don't know if there's government money and funding going to them, but I wouldn't think it was much. And now you're going on to year two. That funding's probably going to bigger businesses in the bigger cities like Montreal or Toronto or Edmonton or Regina or Saskatoon. I don't know how they would take care. I don't know enough about it. I'm not trying to act like I do know enough about it. I'm just simply saying that it's sad, in my opinion, that we are supposed to be happy about our culture and excited and optimistic. And you got to think about the troublesome times that our Canadian brothers and sisters are going through. And I don't like that. I don't like it one bit and it worries me and it's not a greedy thing. It's if we don't get to go again, okay. But I promise you, if those borders open up, we're there. I'm spending more money up there to help them out because they lost a whole year, a whole year. We lost a year of memories up in Canada. Our brothers and sisters up there lost money and revenue and livelihood and the way they put food on their tables for their family, the way they raise their family, the way they provide for their families was taken away from them in a lot of ways because we could not legally go up there. Some of them had some money in the bank from deposits that were made for trips, and hopefully a lot of them had saved money from the years before. But you just never know. It's, it's one of those businesses that you've got to spend money to make money. You're always adjusting and building lodges and buying rigs and updating and maintenance and guides and insurance and all of the things that go into it. Insurance is a little bit different in Canada. I get that. But still, the cost of running a business is substantial, and they're always adjusting and adapting. But when it's taken away and none of the money's coming in, it's hard to adapt to that. And I'm not saying that Americans didn't have to do the same thing. Okay, but we could still travel interstate some in America. Um, I know a lot of guys that visited Outfitters last year, hunting and fishing. I do know a lot of guys and girls that had to cancel, several of them. But I've just been thinking about that a lot. So if you get a chance, call your Canadian friends ask them how they're doing like I did and invite them down to America when they're not allowed to come and we're not allowed to go up there. It just sucks. And my fingers are crossed. I'm praying every day that it opens so they can start making money and, you know, getting optim becoming optimistic again with deposits coming in and scouting and putting their trail cameras out and making sure that their clients are taken care of. The hospitality up there is second to none, second to none. They are so nice. Go knock on a Canadian's door and ask him if you can hunt geese on his pea field. And they'll probably say, well, come on in for a cup of coffee. You'll go sit down there and you'll get introduced to the family. And you'll become family. That's pretty neat. It happens all over the waterfowl world. So what I'm thinking about, this was, I was thinking about that a lot today. I've been in a lot of meetings, a lot of podcasts, a lot of conference calls. I've been writing a ton for a couple different articles for wildfowl, as well as the new provider cookbook coming out in November. And, and it's, we're busy and we're trying to stay optimistic, but I'm hoping our, our season opens up with Canada and we get to go up there and have a blast. Even if we don't decoy him, even if we don't pull that trigger, just seeing Grant Kuyper's face or eating some of Crystal Charlton's food, I'm fired up. I want to see my Canadian friends, my family up there. I want to go see Ray Ray up at Buck Paradise and cook on the Traeger with him. Make some Mallard Duck stuffed bell peppers again. Hear his giggle. Mess with him a little bit. He messes with me right back. Put our Oakleys on and we cruise down the street to get a cold beer at Smokin' Lens in Paradise Hills, Saskatchewan. I know that province like the back of my hand in most places. I miss it. I want to get back up there. And those are my foul thoughts. That's what I've been thinking about. Not going to quit thinking about them. 
Hopefully y'all get on the phone, get on Zoom, get on Skype, get on FaceTime, holler at one of your Canadian brothers or sisters, say you're thinking about them, you love them, that you can't wait to see them and that this stuff's going to be over quick. And hopefully it is. That's all I got. That's my thoughts. That's my foul thoughts presented by Safari Club International. Become a member today. Visit them. Official SCI on Instagram. Become a member of Safari Club International because they're fighting for our rights. They're first for hunters all over the world. Squirrel hunters to ducks to geese. I don't care what you're hunting. Coyotes to elephants. To the dangerous five, to a big moose, to a big caribou. You could be Jim Shockey and hunting them all over the world like he does. He's the man. My buddy, John LaMonica, who I just talked to, he's turning 91 in 2021, 91 years old. He's already got 12 hunts planned, 12 hunts planned. He invited me to go goose hunting in Wyoming. I'm trying to put it together with him right now. I can't wait. It's awesome. Jim Shockey, thank you for what you do for the hunting community and for Safari Club. John LaMonica, thank you for your voice in Safari Club, the world records that you hold, the money that you've spent with outfitters. You are a godsend, my man, 91 years old and still rocking it. That's Foul Thoughts. Safari Club International, the Foul Life Podcast. Thank you all very much for listening. I'm Chad Bell. and be back at you with another episode soon. Take care. Life.